So I want to um, uh, get into the message today briefly. It'll be a lot shorter. Uh, there is coffee and tea. There are some Krispy Kreme donuts hiding over there, uh, little holiday donuts. We've only got a dozen of them, so maybe the kids at the end, uh, you might want to help yourself to those donuts, okay? Um, I want to talk about what Jesus believed, as we have been for the last few weeks, but what he believed about Christmas. Have you ever thought of this? What did Jesus actually believe about Christmas itself? And here's my question to you, and I do not think there'll be one person who will get the answer to this question. Uh, the answer is there. It's, it's in the New Testament, but I would like you to put your thinking caps on, and those of you who are watching online, same thing. Uh, who did Jesus even talk to in the whole gospel record, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Who did Jesus even talk to specifically about his birth? Don't, did, what did you just say? Repeat? No. <laughs> he said God the Father. He's wrong. Specifically about his birth. His birth. That is his birth. And the reason why I ask this question, and again, maybe some of you have got the answer. If you do, slip your hand up and let me know, and we'll see if you get it right. I should have brought a nice Christmas gift here to, to you know, whet your appetite a little bit. You can play along online, post your answer, and we'll see if we'll get it. Even if they get it wrong, Andy, you can post it and then take the post down, see what they all say online. But um, uh, who did he talk to about this? Why do I ask this question? I find it fascinating that, you know, we, Christmas is coming, and the, the non-religious crowd, I suppose you can say Christmas is, you know, a whole whack of different traditions all mixed up. And maybe there's a little bit of Jesus in there, maybe there isn't, but there's, you know, there's family, there's friends, there's celebration, there's decorations, there's trees, there's presents, uh, you know, there's a kind of a positive vibe in the air and all of that. And I'm not dismissing any of that and saying that any of that is bad. And maybe they'll have a little bit of acknowledgement of Jesus, you know, and you listen to Mariah Carey all day long on the radio and, and all of that. But for the church crowd, for the religious crowd, we talk about the birth of, right, we talk about his birth. So we, you know, there's a, a typical traditional uh, manger scene, if you want to call it. And I mean, this is on every Christmas card, you know, every Christmas television show and movie and church presentation, all that. And this is kind of the cliched uh, Christmas thing. And it's all about uh, the birth of Jesus. Now, I don't have time to go into this today, but in terms of the history of that picture, you got it's riddled with inaccuracies, all right? There's a whole bunch of problems with that picture. Um, if you really look into the infancy narratives out of Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel, it'll take you 15 minutes to read those narratives, and you'll see all the holes in the plot line there. Uh, the wise men, we don't even know how many there were. Magi is the word that's used. And uh, they would have come to see Jesus when he was about two years old, not the night that he was born. 
Uh, you'll see that in Matthew. We don't have, know even how many of them there were. It's probably a large caravan of them. There's a tradition that says that there were three, but that wasn't in the scripture. There's no animals listed at the time of the birth of Jesus. All it says is that they placed him in a manger, which is a feeding trough for animals because there was no place to put him. And, they, and he was wrapped in these swaddling cloths. There's no mention of any animals. There's all of these details, we all put them together. It looks so beautiful and so pristine. But all of that said, it's all about the birth of Jesus. And oftentimes we think about there's a very peculiar thing about the birth of Jesus. Very odd, very unusual. What is it? It's a virgin birth. Oh boy. So that means that, and, and that's a term we use often, virgin birth. But more technically, it's a virgin conception. So we're told in the scripture that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. There's a supernatural thing that took place. Uh, Mary had not consummated her marriage yet with uh, Joseph. Yeah, that's not Joseph talking from beyond the grave, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, just turn off the dial. Thank you so much. <laughs> so uh, you have an odd thing here. And you have something that happens never in the Bible. You don't have one single other instance of a virgin conception, which obviously led to a virgin birth, but you have no other instance of this in the entire Bible. Highly, highly strange, highly unusual. So where does Jesus talk about this? What are Jesus' beliefs about this? I mean, this is a gargantuan holiday in our culture, in much of the Western world, in much of the world. This is a huge, huge, huge deal. So where does Jesus talk about this? What does Jesus himself believe about this? Have you found the answer? Okay, you're, you, you can use the Bible. You can cheat. It's okay. Use the Bible. I don't think there'll be one person who can find this. And when you learn the answer, you'll be like, Huh? I never, ever would have thought of that. Here's the reality. Jesus and the epistles. When I say the epistles, I mean the letters uh, of Paul, uh, Peter, James, the author of Hebrews, John, even the book of Revelation does not specifically mention the virgin birth or even specifically the birth of Jesus in the way that I'm looking for. So, and the, the virgin birth itself is never mentioned. Now, Jesus mentions his birth specifically in one place and one place alone in the, in the Gospels, but he never even mentions the fact that he was born of a virgin. He never mentions this, Paul never mentions it, Peter never mentions it, John, the author of Hebrews, even in the book of Revelation, the virgin birth is never mentioned. You have an image there of a child being born, depending on how you interpret it in Revelation, but it doesn't even say that the mother was a virgin. You say, what is that? I find that so strange. I find that so unusual because I'm used to this, and when I look into the Gospels, I get this. Say, well, wh wh what's going on? Why is this not talked about? If you, when you read the Gospels and you read the New Testament, what you're going to see is that the authors there, and even Jesus himself, 
was, they were much more concerned with the death of Jesus and his resurrection from the dead. You see a lot of teaching and a lot of preaching about these things, but you see almost nothing about the fact that Jesus was born of a virgin and almost nothing about his birth. It is so strange and so bizarre. And what happens at Christmas time is, of course, this is attacked all the time. And the non-religious crowd will say, oh, well, you know, that the virgin birth is impossible and the star of Bethlehem couldn't have been this. And, the, and they try and pick the story apart and they say, there's no miracles, it's impossible, all of this stuff is impossible. Jesus was just a regular guy and they turned him into God, whatever, whatever. But in the religious crowd that's looking at this today, in particular, the original audience, which was a Jewish audience. If this crowd today looks at the idea of the virgin birth of Jesus and his incarnation and what we are uh, celebrating at Christmas, the idea that God became flesh, and they are extremely offended by this, extremely offended by this idea. And Matthew, who is a Jewish tax collector, who is writing to try and persuade a Jewish audience about Jesus being the Messiah that Israel was expecting, if he's going to cook up a story, he would the last thing that he would choose would be a virgin birth and the idea that God would become flesh. That's the last thing that he would choose if he was going to cook up a story about Jesus coming into the world, about God coming into the world, number one, being born of a virgin, and number two, becoming an actual human. These ideas would be offensive to that audience because they're taught you do not worship a man, you do not worship a person, you worship God and you worship God alone. And they're in a Greco-Roman background culture where you've got all kinds of weird stories about the gods and the humans and, you know, babies and all of these bizarre myths and all these things. Why in the world would Matthew cook up a story if he cooked it up? And do that, it's so strange, but he puts it in there, it drops into Matthew's account, it drops into Luke's account, and it drops out, and it's gone. So where does Jesus talk about this? Where does Jesus mention the fact that he was even born, much less born of a virgin? Any ideas? Well, take a guess. Where? In the temple? No. Good guess, though. Yes. In a manger, no. Where did Jesus talk about this? Where did he even mention the fact that he was even born? Does he even care that he was born of a virgin? I mean, we care, apparently. Well, what does Jesus care about? What does he believe about this thing? Any ideas? He did have a specific conversation, and in that conversation, he indeed mentions his birth. To who? No, good try. Nicodemus, no, good try. Better try. No, all the tries are good tries. Tax collector, no, a good try though. You're getting warm. Satan, no. That may be cold, warm. Maybe warm. No, I'm kidding. Okay, keep trying. No, John the Baptist. His mom, no. 
but very good guess. His dad, no. Peter, no. Mary, no. Abraham, no. Peter, Paul, Mary, Abraham, the high priest, John, the Beatles, no. His father, no. In fact, Jesus' father or stepfather drops off the pages of the Gospels like a rock. So odd. Where does he go? We don't know. Yes. To the Spirit? No. Very interesting guess. Yes. No. Also an interesting guess. The Holy Spirit? No. Specifically his birth. His birth specifically I'm after. Not his coming. He talks about his coming all the time. And you'll see why in a moment. But his birth to who? You know the name of the person. Moses? No. Isaiah? No. David? No. Caiaphas? No. You're getting warm. The whale? No, no, no. Herod? No. You're close. Jesus mentions his birth to only, only Pontius Pilate. What? We talk about Pontius Pilate at Easter. We don't talk about Pontius Pilate at Christmas. But Jesus, in fact, mentions his birth, his birth, specifically his birth, only to Pontius Pilate and only in passing to Pontius Pilate. The passage is found in John chapter 19 and verse 37, okay? And uh, just going to take a look at the context here for you. Uh, but what's going on, of course, is Jesus is uh, on trial for his life. And here he ends up in Pilate's court because they're trying to push for an execution. And Pilate, as you watch the story, is very reluctant to do so. He's caught in between a rock and a hard place politically. Uh, I've talked about that at, at Easter time before. But here you see in John chapter 19, um, and uh, I think it's verse 30, John 19, 37? No. Maybe it's John 18, 37. Yeah, John 18, 37. Have the wrong scripture on the screen, so change that 19 to an 18 in your head there. So in the course of the conversation, this is what he says. Pilate says, you are a king then. And Jesus answered, you are right in saying that I am a king. In fact, for this reason, I was born. He doesn't even say... Oh, yeah, let me tell you, my mom was a virgin. <laughs> he doesn't even say that. He just says, for this reason. I mean, he could have said that. You know, how do you like that, Pontius Pilate, you know? But he doesn't, he doesn't say that. He just says, for this reason, I was born. Because I am a king. Hmm. Um. And for this I came into the world. Why? To testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate asks the famous question, what is truth? It seems that to Jesus, when you read the Gospels carefully... He is concerned about the reason for his coming. This is what is of a concern to him. The reason why he was born is 
because he's come to testify to the truth is because he is a king bringing in the kingdom of God to the world. So he's concerned about the reason of his coming. That's why we call we use this word advent in some uh, Christian traditions. It means the coming of the appearance of the advent of Jesus and many churches do an advent up to Christmas we've done that a couple of times here he's a king bringing in a kingdom and he wants people to know why he has come he doesn't appear to be concerned at all about telling people that he was born of a virgin Paul's not concerned about this at all Peter's not concerned about this at all John, James, author of Hebrews, author of Revelation. They don't go into this thing about, oh yeah, don't you remember he was born of a virgin? Because probably for them, that's nothing. For them, it's the death of Jesus and in particular, his resurrection from the dead. That is everything. For them, that virgin birth and that time of his, uh, his birth specifically that we celebrate like it's a huge, 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 huge deal. You do not even see this celebrated anywhere in the book of Acts. You don't see any command to celebrate the birth of Jesus. You see plenty about the resurrection of Jesus. Not till the third, fourth century that people started celebrating the birth of Christ. It's good to celebrate Christmas. It's good. It's all good. I love all of it. But Jesus, he's concerned about the reason why. We often say Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus would go further and he'd say, what's the reason for me? That's what he would ask us today. So it's been a really, really busy past week. I want to give you an idea of what the kingdom of God looks like a little bit. Last week on Sunday, we had the C.S. Lewis movie in here. and We had about 80 people, including the kids over in the, the other uh, theater in number 11. And it was a really, really interesting presentation. How many of you were there? The, the one argument that I, would, that I would remind you of that was in that movie, which you can watch uh, online, by the way, if you go to cslewismovie.com, you can rent it. If you go to redeemtv.com, you can watch the stage version uh, for free. But the one thing that I would, I would remind you of is how C.S. Lewis was confronted by the fallacy of naturalism. This was a big part of the argument, if you remember. In naturalism, there is no such thing as a virgin birth. In naturalism, there is no such thing as miracles. There are no miracles. All there is is nature. All there is is materialism. That's all there is. It's cosmic evolution. You are just a product of time and chance. It's just everything is just chemicals and that's it. There is no love. There is no truth. There is none of this. There is only naturalism. And he was confronted by the fallacy of that statement. Because if naturalism is true, just saying naturalism is true is not true. <laughs> because anything saying that anything is true is, after all, just a combination of chemicals in your head. There's a bunch of chemicals in your head that are making you say that something is true. 
but you have no reason to trust it because all it is is a bunch of chemicals and therefore you can't say anything is true. There's no such thing as truth if, if, there, if the statement naturalism is true is true. Just think about that for a little bit. And, and here you have Pontius Pilate 2,000 years ago saying, what is truth? Wow, what a penetrating question. So in the kingdom of God, God comes into the world miraculously. God is supernatural. He's not a naturalist. He can do anything that he wants. He can heal broken bodies. He can come into the world and be born of a virgin. He can do anything he wants. That's the kingdom of God. And then on Monday morning, we packed up 25 of these gorgeous gift boxes and, uh, and, and drove them over in James's car, loaded up his car with all these boxes of of food and you know all kinds of Christmas sweets and snacks and all these things really nice really expensive and uh, we took it over to Good Shepherd Elementary School you've raised $1,430 for this and they were blown away by this gesture of kindness every year it's the same thing with them they, they don't they can't believe that we would do this for them and if you look on our Facebook page, you'll see the school board has made a post about it, about our generosity, and they do that every year. Uh, because it, it, what, what they do there is they bless families, and they, they find a family in the school, and they give them this box. And there's no strings attached. Uh, I, I've already started to get emails and contacts from people who receive them, and they're so thankful, and they say, you know, it's been a hard year, and all these kinds of things. That's what the kingdom is about. It's about giving to people with no strings attached. It's about gr grace, we call it. When you give to people, and it's not because it's deserved, it's because it's given. This is the heart of God. He's a God of grace. And then on Thursday uh, and Friday, we had uh, seven, eight volunteers, uh, uh, Pam and, uh, and James, who were in the room, and uh, Steve and Alain, and, uh, and Nada and Cassandra and Omar too. I didn't take your picture, but Omar as well. And we were over at Mission Nouvelle Génération. Long days, boy. Long days. Those, we, we did eight, what, five, six, seven, eight hours there uh, and served about 900 families these massive, massive uh, shopping carts filled with all this food uh, to these families. And it will feed them for uh, two weeks into January. You had 200 plus volunteers serving there. There were people who waited in their cars to get that food for two and a half hours uh, to get that food. And I mean, it was load the, load the shopping cart, <laughs> load it, roll the cart, get it outside, put it in their cars over and over and over and over and over again. Why would people do something like that? To, to, you know, the marginalized and the, and the uh, low-income families and the poor and the refugee. And why, why would people do that? Because that's the heart of the kingdom of God. And I was upstairs, so I got to see all of the people coming in uh, to get their food. And I got to see all the faces and all the families and all the kids and all of the places that they come from and all the countries that they came from. And there's, I know some of their situations and I know some of their stories. And it, it would break your heart to hear uh, what some families go through and are going through just to make ends meet and just to feed their children. Who cares, after all? Well, God does. 
and the values of the kingdom of God that Jesus believed in was so concerned about is that you give to people in need. Not because they deserve it, but because that's God's heart. And I'm so proud of the people who participated in it and so proud of the people who gave to those gift boxes because the reason for Jesus' coming is sometimes forgotten while we're celebrating the method of his coming. And for Jesus, the concern was much more, why did Jesus come? So yes, Jesus is the reason for the season. We can say all that. But what's the reason for Jesus? Why did Jesus come? And he came to bring in a kingdom. And part of the Part of that kingdom is the, is the salvation of humanity. Part of that kingdom is that he would go to the cross and die for our sins and be raised from the dead, showing the world that he is indeed God and that his forgiveness works and that he sends his spirit to transform the hearts of people. This is the concern of Jesus. This is the preaching of the New Testament it's all about why he came. So the lesson that we have for today, and if the band could uh, come back up on the, on the stage, and we're going to finish up the service, a couple of songs in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but if you're going to take anything from Christmas in 2021, the wild and crazy and seems to be getting crazier right to the end of 2021, if you're going to take anything from it, Think about why Jesus came. It's great that he came. It's great that we celebrate the virgin birth and we celebrate all. This is all good. It's great that we say Jesus is the reason for the season. That's all good. But what's the reason for Jesus? And why do you follow him? And what reason do you have to follow him? This is what he wants us to be confronted with at Christmas time. Every year, but especially, I think, in the year 2021. Let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful uh, for your, um, your word and your grace and uh, your mercy. And uh, God, we think of the whole plan of salvation, the whole story of it all. And uh, it starts... Uh, even even before that manger 2,000 years ago. But we think about the moment of entry when God became flesh and walked among us. And, and Lord, we just remind ourselves of why. We needed a Savior. And we're so thankful, O oh God, that you came into this world and you offer this gift of salvation freely, to us. So God, we say, forgive us afresh, Lord, forgive us again for our sin and wash us again and, and Jesus be present in our lives and make a difference in our lives in the way that we live and walk and talk and behave. Spirit of God, transform us and change us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing that great, uh, love the words of this, of this great song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to Thou day spring come and cheer our spirits by thine advent disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to fly. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come thou wisdom from on high and order all things far and nigh to us the path of knowledge show and cause us in our ways to go rejoice rejoice Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, desire of nations vine, all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and quarrels the whole world with heaven's peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Amen. Amen. Beautiful words. I trust it's been a blessing uh, for you to be together today uh, in person and online. I just love the Christmas pageantry and celebration and colors and all of those things. Uh, but remember, folks, uh, why the Savior came uh, in the first place. All right, we're going to sing one more song. Simon will lead us in hope.
for everyone and then the band will close God bless you worship with us
shouts, there's hope for everyone. Heaven shouts, there's hope for everyone. Heaven shouts.